Welcome to the Communion Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Erin. And I'm Ramonita. Communion is all about relationships over religion. Relationship with Christ, with ourselves, and with one another. And in a culture that seems so divisive, we're cultivating a community of truth seekers from all walks of life. So whether you have faith, no faith, or have walked away from the church, you are welcome here. We're ready to understand, heal, have tough conversations, and rebuild bridges. So let's get started. Let the reconciliation begin. It's better when we get together. Everything is better. Hey, E. Hey, T. <laughs> How are you, girl? How are you? I am good. I've been single parenting all week because John's been traveling for work, so I'm happy to have him back. And my son Kai's birthday today, so we're celebrating that. So that's really fun. So it's a good day. It's a good day. Six years ago, I had my second baby. That's a pretty good thing to celebrate. Happy birthday, Kai. Yeah. How are you doing, friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's been a tiring week overall, but really good. Like, really good. I am just also still riding the emotion of how incredible this journey has been so far and the overwhelming response. I know we talked about the fact that we've worked on this for three years, but... Until you actually put it in the world and actually execute all the plans and thoughts and ideas and strategies that you have, yep. I mean, nothing. And I'm also getting more and more excited and encouraged as we're starting to get some momentum and have figured things out and worked on the technical back end because social media and technology and digital is not my spiritual gift. God just didn't bless you didn't. I feel like I'm an older than I should be when I say that. No discrimination, I guess the season thing. But I literally just haven't fully always enjoyed the social media thing. And now we got to do it. And my friends joke with me all the time. I have a camera roll full of pictures because I love taking pictures of my kids. And I never post. And so... Just being in this world and being more visible and posting and creating content with a specific purpose to go on this platform and to engage is just a whole new muscle. And so I'm finding myself enjoying it more the further along we go or the more things I learn. But I can't lie. I was loathing that part of launching a podcast. I wish we could just put a podcast in the world and say, okay, it's out there. Go listen. But You have to keep reminding people and telling them about it and showing up and having something interesting to say. And part of the reason I will elaborate a little more as to why I don't enjoy social media is because I don't want to keep up with the perfection facade. I am a perfectionist in my own right. 
sounds from my childhood trauma and it's one of my coping mechanisms and I try to avoid anything that makes me feel like I have to show up perfect, whether that be friendships or whether that be social platforms. And so I've struggled there because I'm an open book. I am a super transparent person if we have a conversation, but putting it on blast for a platform where people are having superficial interactions just hasn't always been my thing. So now to be there and try to bring substance and build a community because I'm recognizing that it is necessary and it can be an asset and it does not have to be negative or I don't have to look at it that way is definitely a mindset and a perspective shift that I'm having in the midst of us doing this so far. If only it was easier to get started. We would have done it a long time ago, but all of the hardship that comes with starting a podcast and dealing with our own stuff that keeps us from doing it. And also going through transitions in our life, which is what we're going to coincidentally talk about today is what are transitions in life and what do those look like when we're trying to be obedient to God? And we left off in our last episode talking about what does it look like to manage transitions in our lives? And I thought maybe we should talk a little bit about how we got started. We've told you guys maybe a little bit in past episodes, but I've mentioned before, I used to work for Young Life and I did that for a really long time. If you don't know what Young Life is, it's a, a nonprofit Christian organization that reaches middle school, high school, and college age students by building relationships with them. And I loved the work that I did through Young Life and it was incredible, but God definitely was telling me I needed to leave for several different reasons. And it was a really hard transition to leave. It was very painful in a lot of ways. It didn't need to be painful, but it was. And that caused me to go into a pretty anxious place and have to really wrestle with what the Lord was saying to me in the midst of my grief and frustration. But right before I left Young Life, or right after I had resigned from Young Life, TT and I had been friends for a while. We had met in Supper Club, which was a uh, shout out to all the Supper Club peeps that are listening to this podcast. John and I started a group to just hang at our house. We would talk about Jesus, what life looks like following Jesus, who is Jesus. People that were there, some of them believed, some of them didn't. Some of them were exploring faith. It was this beautiful thing. And we had really good food, especially when TT cooked. TT is an excellent cook. (laughs) And we, it was incredible. And COVID hit and TT and I remained friends. We're still friends with other people in several clubs too. But this is about TT and I because we're the ones that are doing communion together. And we were supposed to go for a walk and She did not know that I had resigned from Young Life yet. And I did not know that she had left Nike. And we decided to go for a walk. But I had this thing stirring in me for a long time that I was supposed to do some kind of community, create some kind of community that was around the work of reconciliation. I had felt it really deeply in my heart. And after I had resigned from Young Life, it started to become a little bit more clear that I wanted to do that with a partner and I wanted to do that with someone else who 
shares the same vision, same kind of heart, passion to see people reconcile. And God put TT on my heart. And at the time she was working at Nike and she's the senior level executive and I'm a senior level executive in ministry, but it's all intimidated by it. But I just kept feeling like the Lord was asking me to say something to her about it. And so we were going through this walk. And I remember saying to the Lord, okay, if it naturally comes up today, Lord, I'll say something to her about it. But that's the extent of it. And we were an hour into her walk and she had told me, hey, I actually have resigned from Nike. I don't really know what's next. But she was spitting out some different ideas of what she could do. And I'm listening to it. And while I'm listening to it, I'm thinking in my head, don't ask her, Aaron. Don't ask her. There's no way she's going to be interested. But I did. Out of obedience, I decided to ask her and I said, hey, TT, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what God has for you next, but I feel like I need to say something to you. And that is, I feel like I'm supposed to create a community of reconciliation. I'm supposed to be a part of something that looks similar to the separate club we've been doing, but I think it's supposed to probably be through a podcast. And I was like really nervous. And I said it to her and I remember, okay, I said it, Lord, I've been obedient. I said the thing. Now, fully expecting her to say, no, you're a crazy girl in her kind way. And instead, what happened over the next, I don't know, couple hours was a whole business plan. We probably have not followed it exactly, but TT just started spouting out all these things and what it could be called and what we could do and how we could do it. And it was this beautiful expression of what happens when we trust the voice of God within us and we ignite the voice of God in someone else? Because I truly believe, I'm goosebumps even talking about it. I truly believe that by being obedient to what God had told me to ask TT, that obedience ignited something that was asleep in TT that she did not even know existed. And by being obedient, it woke her up and her vision came alive with it. And it was this really beautiful process of watching what happens when we listen to the voice of God. And I've said this to you a couple of times in my life. I seem like a super common person to a lot of people. And I do feel confident in a lot of ways, but I think sometimes we're called to show up not out of confidence, but out of obedience. That when we show up, that doesn't mean we're always going to feel confident. When I went to ask TT if this is something she'd ever want to do with me, I did, wasn't actually confident that she was going to say yes, but I knew that I was needing to be obedient. And so yeah, that led us to our transition of beginning to process from our post careers, what we had currently been doing to dreaming about the future for the last three years. I would just like to jump in because I think the three years is significant. What happened in those three years? Here said Jesus, you hear about him at 12 in the temple and then y'all hear about my man again till 30. There's a little gap that happens there. You're like, what happened in that gap? And I think that three years is where for me, I had to navigate the transition the most. And it took a long time. In our first episode, we talk about that instant obedience, that immediate obedience that when Jesus was calling the disciples and they were like, yeah, I'll leave my home. I'll leave my boat. I'll leave my family. I'll leave my vocation. That was not 
true for me. That instant obedience, that immediate obedience that I'm seeking now was not true. I wrestled with God, but part of it was because I did enjoy my career. I loved my career. And while I was in my career doing brand marketing, working on sports and other things that I love, I remember God asking me to shut the door on that chapter. But he asked me to shut the door on that chapter without revealing to me what other door was going to open. Right. That is a very significant faith rule to ask somebody. And in hindsight, I praise God that he thought I was mature enough and ready for that kind of request from him. And I will say, I did immediately obey and I left my career. It was what happened after I left my career that was the challenge. When I left that career, I was like, God, what are you calling me to do? What do you want me to do? I don't know. And I could feel myself trying to find my footing. And so what I started to do was grasp onto everything I could. No was not a word in my vocabulary. If my phone rang and somebody said they needed something, they needed me to consult, I was giving a yes. And my yeses were burning me out. I was not speaking my truth. I was not speaking what I needed. I was looking for significance. I wanted to be significant. I didn't want to be forgotten. I didn't want to lose my gift. I could go on and on. But significant is different than purposeful. And I was looking to be significant. To who is the question I ask myself now? To who was I looking to be significant to? But I was no longer living on purpose. I do believe that when I was in my vocation, when I was in my career, that I was living on purpose for that season, just as the disciples, as an example, were in their boat as fishermen. That vocation was exactly where they needed to be at that time. But when Jesus called them to come follow him, that's when their purpose shifted. Because we can have multiple purposes, but, or we can have one, but God uses all of these things, these significant events in our lives, these different experiences for the greater purpose that he's created us for. And so for me, working in marketing, promoting something, products to mass audiences, building content, thinking of how to reach audience, whatever you want to call it, like God wastes nothing because I do see now how my vocation prepared me for this moment to live this purpose out. I do see that. I also understand that I cannot approach this purpose with the same approach I had in my vocation, but there are skills and experiences and relationships from that that I do believe God is using in this season. But that transition was hard. And so I kept saying yes and yes. And I was taking on work and I was trying to find my value. I was trying to make sure financially that I was still a contributor in my home. There were just so many 
insecurities that were bubbling to the surface for me in my transition. And that is where the question I always talk to you about on this podcast, one of them came from. Who did God create me to be? Why did he create me? What did he create me for? That identity question became so massive because prior, who I was so wrapped up in what I did and who I worked for, who I associated myself, all of these things. And the transition for me was a little bit of what my spiritual mentor, she called, I think she says there's five Ds of transition. But one of them is like disidentification or disassociation. And there was a bit of me having to have my whole world look like something I didn't recognize and figure out what I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to go. And in that transition, I felt like sometimes I just sat at the light. But but like I just sat at the light. And I didn't move. I didn't know what to do. It was all so unfamiliar. It was so uncomfortable. And sometimes I sat in my car and just sat at the wheel in my car at that stoplight. And I just let God have it. And he can take it. That's the beautiful part. Like he can't. And even now, I love the beautiful redemptive story of what God has done in that transition. Seeing the other side of that transition, I love so much. I see the growth. I see the purpose. I see the significance. My value and what I've placed my worth and my definition of success, all of that looks extremely different now. But it does not mean that there aren't times when I grieve previous seasons. And that is okay. That grief okay. that we can feel, it is okay to experience that so long as we do not stay in the grief, so long as we do not compare our now to then, so long as we appreciate that season and embrace the current season we're in. And I think that is when transition truly manifests and becomes healthy. And that's the other side of transition, being able to appreciate those past experiences, but then embracing the current and looking hopefully into the future. T, that's so good. And I think about my transition and how different our transitions were when we both decided to leave something that felt familiar to us, something that we knew, like the back of our hand, something that we got accolades for and appreciation for. And then to go into the seemingly unknown, we knew we wanted to do a podcast. We knew we wanted to create a community outside of a podcast But the how was really murky for a while for us. And also, we felt pretty insecure in in different ways of taking that leap and doing it. And I know for me, God gives me this vision of something that he wants me to do and yet calls me into a season of rest. It was as if God showed me a very clear picture of this is what I have for you, but you're not allowed to do it yet. And so it felt like he dangled a carrot in front of my face a little bit, even though that wasn't the case. It was almost like in his graciousness, he said, I want you to know I haven't forgotten you. I have a plan for you, but I care too much about you and you living authentically 
in the time that plan comes to fruition. And so therefore, I'm going to bring a season of rest to heal you because I care about the outcome. I care about who you're going to become. And so I'm going to call you to a season of rest. I'm going to give you this glimmer, but you're not going to get to do it for a while. And so I mentioned earlier, my transition began with this vision and then into this season of rest and then into this grieving and processing and a lot more than just leaving my career and young life had happened, but I had lost my husband's dad really tragically and unexpectedly in a freak accident. In the midst of that, we had felt like we were supposed to leave Portland, Oregon and move back to Augustine, Florida, a place I never in a million years thought that I would ever move back to. Not that it's bad. I just never thought I would move back here. And yet God made that really clear to John. That was what was best for our family. And I had to really grapple with that because if I'm honest, I wasn't on the same page. I didn't want to come back. And so a lot happened in that transition. And I remember talking to my therapist and talking to my spiritual director and saying, my mind feels like a broken record. Mm. And every morning when I wake up, I tell myself the same story. I relive the same story. I relive the hurt. I relive the pain. I relive the what ifs. I relive the grieving what could have been. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the broken record in my head. And so they asked me, how do you get the record out? And I said, maybe I should start writing it out. And so I spent about three and a half, four months, multiple times a week, like three or four times a week, sitting down and writing up my whole story. And maybe one day it will turn into a book, but that wasn't the intention of why I did it. And I don't know if I'll ever do it, but I wrote it out. And the healing that came from that, you guys, I can't stress this enough. If you relate to this and you feel like you have this broken record, it is one of the most therapeutic things ever to just feel like you can write it out and say what is true without feeling like you always have to tell your side of the story. We talked about that in episode two. I have chronically always wanted to always have my voice heard and be able to tell my side of the story. And that was one of the ways for me to tell my side of the story. Did that mean I was going to publish it and put that out there in the world? No, no. But I needed to get it out of my head. And then simultaneously, TT, you're going through your own season of transition and you're grappling with your own stuff, which I want you to talk about here in a second. And I'm feeling super insecure in the process because I feel like I'm bringing this healing in my life. But I'm also watching her thinking, man, she doesn't really want to do this with me. But the Lord kept saying, stay in it. And I kept being like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And we've talked about this before. The amount of times I asked you, do you really want to do this with me? Finally, at one point, you got mad. You're like, girl, stop me that question. I would still be here if I didn't want to do it with you. The broken record. (laughs) Broken record. But I was asking the question because I kept wanting to make sure I heard God all. Mm. I heard God. And the other part of it was, and I think this is really important to say, 
very important to say. I had been disobedient in the season before. I heard in my heart and in my spirit that I was supposed to walk away from young life nine months, 10 months before I ever did it. And I will tell you that a lot of the pain and the hurt that I was caused in my leaving came out of my own self-infliction of choosing to stay in something that I was not asked to stay in. Choosing to take on people's jobs and do work that I wasn't asked to do. And just because we can do something, just because we have the skills to do something doesn't mean we're supposed to do it. It doesn't mean God's asking us to do it. And that was really hard for me to learn. And so now I'm pursuing this development of a organization with you. And I'm like, God, did I hear you right? And I'm staying faithful in it, but I'm also like, I don't know if she's really in this. And that transition was hard. And it, what it did on my end, what it did was it confirmed I really was called to it. Because the fact that I would feel insecure and feel like you weren't going to want to do it with me, and yet I stayed in the game, I stayed the course. To me, that told me, the Lord is, I see you stubborn. You're not going to walk away from this. I've still called you to it. So you can let the enemy speak all kinds of lies to your head, but I've still called you to it. And you better believe I'm going to do the work. And this is, we're now living, thankfully, thank God I could cry. We're living in the fruition of what God asked us to do. We're being obedient and we should never be shocked for the fruit that's coming from it. I was going to mess with you and say, it could be like, oh, look at your obedience. Or it could be like, oh, girl, you might need some therapy. You stayed in a toxic situation. No, I'm just kidding. A relationship. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm so happy you did. But I think that it goes to say, especially something that needs to be called out here. And it's the faith of a friend. The faith of a friend to carry you when you don't have it. You have the vision and the vision was so clear. And you painted the vision for me and I saw it. But as we walked and as we stepped, the vision got cloudy for me. And there were times where God only reveal the next step and part of that was because he knew I wasn't ready for the next 10 steps or the next 20 because sometimes if God gives me the next 20 I try to jump ahead 20 okay God I did it all okay okay I'm here or I try to rush through steps or I try to Pretend I don't need certain steps and I can shortcut it to get to the vision because I know the vision. Or I try to take my route versus God's route because it's like the equivalent of putting an address in your GPS and seeing how long it's going to take you to get there and convincing yourself that you're going to cut off 10 minutes and get there faster because a better way to get there. But we're not privy to the entire route. We're not privy to what's happening on our journey to the destination. We're not privy to the turns, the detours, the traffic jams that we're going to run into that God's trying to navigate us around. And so sometimes it's our stubborn will thinking that we know better than that GPS, the God positioning system, that we try to do it in our own way and end up just getting rerouted to God's <laughs> GPS route that he was calling us to in the first place. 
And we can delay ourselves from getting there as fast. I talk a little bit about a project that I'm working on, about what I've learned about the character of God through being a mother. And so everybody knows I have this little side project where I just keep notes on my phone. And someday, maybe to your point, it'll be a book that I release in the world. And so the other day I had one, my niece is saying here, she's 12. And I was trying to tell her, hey, go grab your laundry. We're going to do laundry today. We got to do a couple of things around the house. And she didn't want to do it because she thought that if she did that, she wasn't going to get some screen time or watch TV or do something that she wanted to do. And what I said to her in the midst of it was, girl, you took so long complaining, dragging your feet and not doing what I asked you to do. If you would have done it when I first told you to, you would have had plenty of time to still get screen time, to still watch TV. But because we drug this thing out, because you drug your feet, because we have yet to accomplish the task that I asked you to, now you just lost any potential opportunity to get the very thing that you wanted. And I had to sit back when I said that, saying, no, going back to what I've learned about the character of God from being a bear, because sometimes I think, oh, God would definitely say that to me. <laughs> and that's what I think when we try to take our own route and we think we know what's best, when we try to go about it our way, God's like, reroute, I'm trying to take you on the best possible route because I know what is ahead. And I think that was a little bit of what was happening for me in this process was the vision got cloudy because God knew he couldn't reveal all the steps to me. And when the vision got cloudy, you stayed clear and your opinion and your faith carried me through a lot of times. And it takes me back to the story in the Bible of the lame man who's laying on the mat. And the only way that he's going to get to Jesus is through the roof. And his friend, the faith of his friends for his healing is the very thing that gets him healed because they figure out how to get this man to have an encounter with Jesus. And for me, that was the role you played in this season to launch this podcast, it was the faith of a friend. The belief, going back to what you said earlier, I love your obedience ignited God's voice in my life. Without the strong conviction that you had, I don't know that I would have pursued the calling on my life. I think I would have run from it. I think I would have come up with a million other excuses, fears, whatever, to not do it. And I think I would have run back to the places where I was comfortable because. I know that it comes easy. I know it's a place where I can add value, where I can find worldly significance, where I can be applauded, get the accolade. But that was not what God was calling me to in that season. And so I do have to thank you because it is powerful for the face of a friend. When I talk about the face of a friend, I was talking to a, a friend of mine last night, actually. And I said to her, I still believe in miracles. There are a couple of situations that are happening with some of our friends or family members. And I just started naming them. And I was like, I don't know that in the midst of their situation, they have the faith to believe that God can still perform a miracle in their situation. But I am standing in the belief that God is still in the business of miracles on their 
be had. We have a role to stand in the gap sometimes and believe for people until they can believe for themselves. We have a role to believe in people until they believe in themselves, to believe in God for people until they can believe that God can do that work in them, that they are worthy, that they are loved. And so I just think that is so beautiful. And yeah, I've learned a lot of that from our friendship because I know we joke and we call you MacGyver because you can literally fix everything. And I think you should talk about that. But one of the things that you have taught me, if nothing else, is that nothing is ever broken. And yes, you've taught me that in things like blenders and toy trucks and Nintendo Wii's and stuff like that. But where you showed me it even more significantly is in how you see people. You are never intimidated by a broken spirit because you know that there is always repair. There's always a way to fix it. There's always hope that it is not broken to the point of no repair. And so I just thank you because that to me is what the faith of a friend looks like. And you've done that for me in these seasons and in this season of transition too. And so my prayer, especially for those listening on this podcast, is each and every one of you listening would find a friend that has the faith to believe for you, the faith to believe in you, and the faith to believe that God will do a work in you. Yeah. Wow, T. If you're watching this on YouTube, you probably see that I've been like trying not to cry the whole time. Wow, those are such sweet, kind words. So thank you. Well, I got to get my composure back. I think, honestly, me being able to show up for other people in their life and not believing that anything is ever broken is because I don't want anyone to ever believe that I'm too broken or to abandon me. Part of my heart is that I never want anyone to walk away from me. I never want people to abandon me, so I will never abandon anyone else. That's how I feel in my heart. I don't ever want to abandon people. And that's like the most painful thing if someone does feel that way. A lot of that comes from some unhealth, like past things of just sometimes to fault, putting yourself out there and really getting hurt, becoming a rug to be walked on. And so I've had to heal from a lot of that. On this end of it, what I believe God has called us to do is to believe for other people. And honestly, I feel like I'm better at believing for other people than I am for believing for myself. Can I, I get an amen? I just, amen. I just needed it. I didn't want to interrupt, but amen. No, I don't know why we're wired this way, but amen. Yes, soul sister girl. And I think what's interesting that you bring up that account of the friends who carry the mat. Those friends carried that mat and then they didn't just carry that mat to Jesus, but they dug a freaking hole through the root and then lowered him down to be in front of Jesus. And there were lots of people at that pool. There were a lot of people waiting to get healed. But what's significant about that account in, in the Bible is that it wasn't actually the faith of the person who needed to be healed that healed him. It was the faith of the people who stood around him. And I think that is so intentionally put in scripture because God knew when he created us that we would need community. 
that we would need people to hold our hands up, arms up when we stopped believing in the power of God in our own lives. The same account happens in the Old Testament when Moses's arms got tired and Aaron and I think the other one's her, sorry, theologians who listen, I'm forgetting the other name, but they were holding up the arms of Moses because God had said, I've called you to do this work and don't stop. But when you put your arms down, it will, my favor will end. And so these friends were holding them up. And I think that's why community is so important. It's why I didn't want to do communion alone. It's why you and I's friendship is so special and such a gift in my life is because I have a place where I'm safe. I have a place where I can come and talk when I'm discouraged. I can come and talk when I have a vision or an idea and everything in between. And yet on those days, and there's a lot of them that I feel discouraged, you speak those words into my life and remind me who I am. And even in my insecurities that I mentioned before, you were a person who kept reminding me, no, E, I want to do this with you. And here's why. And I know that God is incredible by making us friends, giving us each other, because we have very different gifts. We're very alike in a personality, but we have very different stories and very different gifts. And so God's uniquely used our backgrounds and has prepared us for this. And my background of ministry and feeling comfortable in that may be what shines, but my insecurity in saying, I don't know how to build an organization. I don't know how to do marketing. Even like trying to write the social post for the first week, I'm like sitting, typing copy to you and sending it back to you. And you're like, E, you're a better marketer than you give yourself credit for. And I'm feeling so insecure trying to write these posts because I'm like, oh, you've done this for big companies. I've just done this for ministries and and just demeaning the experience that God's given me instead of speaking from a place of, no, God, you have designed me and wired me specifically and I have something to bring to the table. And I want to speak that over this community. You have something to bring to this world bit that is unique that God has wired you for and don't you let any freaking lie into your head that what you have to offer is anything less than what God has intended and it is big what God has is big I speak that over my boys I spoke that over Kai this morning I said your life is meant for huge things because God created you in his image And I don't want anyone ever making my boys think that their life is full of purpose. And I don't want anyone in this community to believe their life doesn't have purpose. God has a unique purpose in your life and he will reveal it in time. It just may not be time yet. And and I think it just goes back to he wastes nothing. Like nothing. I was talking to one of my mentees. She actually introduced me to the church that I go to now. And She's on the search team and I was asking her, oh, what area are you serving in? Her background is interior design. And now she's working with the church, serving the church, helping them to design experiences and spaces for people to come into that space. I wrote her and I was like, wow, it's so beautiful how every unique gift God gave us, he can use. Like every part of our story, he can use. 
the broken, the beautiful, the ugly, the hurt, the tryout. God weighs nothing, not a single detail does he spare. And that's so beautiful because we don't always understand. We're never going to be omniscient. We're never going to be as clever as God. No matter how many times we think we figured it out, I feel like God's always up there. Gotcha. It's like watching a show and you swear you could be in the writer's room because you know what's about to happen. You know who the bad guy is or whatever. And it's like, you thought you had me, but nah, gotcha. That's how I feel. God is, let me write the story. You play your part and act in it or whatever the role you want to play in it. But... I feel like that's the beautiful part of God. He wastes nothing. And so going back to addressing our community, no matter what season you are in, no matter how broken you feel you are, no matter where you think you are washed up, forgotten, Mm. too damaged, too broken, too messed up, too much of a sinner, whatever the heck that means, too forgotten about, whatever your two is, that is a lie. And one of the things I always say to E is read the entire book. Don't stop midway through because it's very easy for us to tell part of the story the hard part, the painful part, the traumatic part. Everybody wants to hear the sad story. We want to hear the things that are going to stir the emotions in us. But if we finish the book, the plot always has a twist. And it's this. No matter what happens in that first half, the second half is always about how God redeems it. Our stories are stories of redemption. Our lives, purpose, are so that God gets the glory. And there is nothing wasted. You are not at the end of your story. You are merely in the midst of it. And redemption is still available. Period. Yeah. That's so good. That's really good. I think about a conversation I had yesterday with my spiritual director. It was the story in in Luke of the 10 lepers. And Jesus is telling the story of how he heals 10 lepers. And one of the lepers comes back and it says, while they were on their way, they were healed. But of the 10, only one comes back and it's a Samaritan. And it says he praises God and he falls at Jesus's feet. And Jesus says, hey, where are all the others? And he says, your, your faith is what has healed you. And I think about how many times God has given this vision to us. God has healed us in some way. And it may be a small way and seemingly insignificant, but God does this work. And then we say, okay, God, thank you. And we just walk away and go about our business. But what that one, guy got to experience was a whole nother level of healing. It was like the other nine got just a piece of the puzzle. They just saw a piece of what Jesus could do. But that one who went back to him and spent time with them and was praising him, 
I would argue his heart and his soul was healed because of the time that he spent. And so much happens in the in-between seasons of our life. That if I had just walked... Yes. And if I had just walked away from Young Life or you had just walked away from your career at Nike and we just said, okay, God, whatever you have next for us. And we just tried to jump into the next thing and just come and jump into this and just flippantly go about it. We would have missed out on the in-between season and where God works is in the in-between season. Even in that story, he was on his way to Samaria. He was in between two major towns on a seemingly insignificant road. And yet what takes place on that seemingly insignificant road had changed people's lives forever. And I just think I needed to say we could not discredit the in-between, the moment between the two seasons of our life, because it's in the in-between that God's work is profoundly done. And it will always be in the in-between seasons where I have experienced the most of God's healing in my life and healing to my story. When you told me about wanting to do a podcast, you talk about how I'm excited and I get all of the, okay, and we can do this and we can do this and we can do this. And then there's this three-year period before we launch. What happened to that excitement, that clear vision? We could do this and we could do this. What happened? That's just like when we're about to work out. We're about to start a fitness journey. That verse that you get the new gear, you got the water bottle, you wake up early, you do the workout, feel good, sweat, post on your social, rising grime, hustle this way, look at, look at like a glazed donut or whatever you want to talk about when you just got to where you at, sweat, try to hold everybody else accountable, like you wasn't in the gym this morning, like kind of thing, right? And it's like, y'all, this is why I'm friends her. This is why I'm friends with her. Because her one-liners are just so good. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> but seriously, you got that. And then all of a sudden, somebody hits you on day four, day five, maybe day 10. And it's, so how's that fitness journey going? What's the scale looking like? What, show me your muscle. And you're like, as you eat your bonbon, bonbons. I don't even know what that is, but people just say bonbons. I wouldn't want to eat bonbons if that was my thing. So no, anyway, I digress. But as you sit in there, like, Beating yourself up because you once again stop being consistent and are self-loathing and eating some form of comfort food. And you're like, oh, what happened to rise and grind? And that is that right there is similar to what you're talking about in the in-between. When you decide to accept the invitation to follow Christ, it's Jesus, I love you. Jesus, Jesus Christ, Jesus, I want to tell you about Jesus, you about Jesus, you about Jesus. I'm going to read this whole Bible front to back in one night. I just want to go to church every Sunday. I'm going to sign up for every Bible study. I'm going to be on every third team. Like you start to do all the Christianese things. And then all of a sudden you're burned out. What happened to you? What happened to you in that season? And then we give up. And it's if we're willing to say, this is hard, but I am willing to dig down dig deep and stay on this path and see what happens if I remain consistent. What happens if I still show up? What happens if I continue to believe in what I saw the vision could be only then? It's like an athlete. That's the difference between somebody who wants to work out once and what I would consider an athlete. 
athletes have to go through training to prepare for their sport. Does the training suck? Is it grueling? Is it absolutely frustrating at times? Do they want to do it? Football players want to do two a days. They want to be out in the sun in the middle of August when it's 104 degrees in Texas. Do they want to get up before the sun and the rooster crows? Like, no, but they do it. And the result, the other end of that, because they got up, because they showed up every day, because even when it was hard, they stayed. The result of that is so beautiful. But I will go back to this, my personal belief, and this is what has rang true for me. What is the difference between those that stay and dig Mm -hmm. deep in the in-between season is that they don't do it at all. The accountability. If you were not my partner, I would have given up in the in-between seasons when the vision got cloudy or when I questioned, was the vision real? Did I truly hear God's voice? But it is the fact that I wasn't doing it alone. And sometimes if you want to, my obedience to you or my loyalty to you is the reason why I kept showing up. Not my obedience to myself. Sometimes I need my obedience to God, but it was like, she has this conviction. She has this belief and she thinks it's me. I got to keep showing up. But it was because I didn't do it at all. It's when we work out. If we got somebody that's expecting us to be at that gym at 5 a.m., we're going to get up and be there at 5 a.m. No matter if we still got sleep in our eyes and our breasts stink, like we will yeah. be there. And unfortunately, it is harder to be accountable to ourselves, to keep our word to ourselves than it is to other people. But I do believe that is why the importance of community, the importance of surrounding yourself with people that believe in you or people that are going to hold you accountable is so important in the in-between, in the transition. And that is why we are building this community. That is why we want you to be a part of this community. Not just we're asking all of you to listen to us and hope you get something out of it, but it's also to help us because we're starting out and we have the momentum as I talked about to start the episode and it feels good and we're excited and we're getting positive feedback. Best bully, we have not even hit the in-between yet. And the in-between will be hard. And that is why just as much as we're asking you to come and be a part of this community for you, we are asking you to surround us with community as well because that is what's going to help us when we get to the in-between. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable also to be in community. I think we can admit that. Although we were built for community, although God wants us to be a part of community, it can be uncomfortable because that means we have to come as we are if it's going to be real. And that means that we're going to have to not judge ourselves and not judge the people in the community, but give freedom and give inspiration to one another, give belief and faith where it may be lacking. I think about some of you who are joining us on this journey have walked away from faith altogether. And that's a really painful place to come back into community when maybe the community that was most dear and near to your heart, the community of the people that you once trusted, you felt abandoned by, I understand. That is really painful. I've been there. TT's been there. We've actually experienced that. It's really painful to trust people again. And yet we're asking that you would trust us and to join us in this because 
I don't believe that we can succeed doing things on our own without being surrounded by people to hold our arms up. I also believe that when I have people that are walking with me in my good seasons and in my hard seasons, I have a mirror that's being held in front of me at all times because those are the people who've seen me in both states and can humble me where I need humility and and who can lift me up where I need to be lifted up again. And if you're not hearing this from another person in your life right now, hear it from us, people who want to walk alongside you, keep going and be obedient to the voice that you hear within you. Continue to be obedient to that voice. Trust that voice. There are days that it's hard to believe. I'm believing for you. We're believing for you. And we're saying keep going and trust the process because it really is a process. My husband, John, says that all the freaking time and it pisses me off. He always is. It's a process. He says it's a process when I'm like, hey, did you pick out what TV? We're buying a new TV. And he's like, I need to make a spreadsheet of the process. I'm like, I'm like, no, it's not a process. Just buy the dang freaking TV. And he's wrong on that. But he's right on a lot of other stuff in his life. And that is, I want to get from point A to point B and there should be no in-between. And I have submitted to and learned that there is always an in-between season. And like I said before, that's where the real shaping begins. As exhausting as it's been, I'm so glad we didn't launch three years ago. I know the timing was right. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Well, in between these episodes, we will be praying for you. Sadly, we're going to sign off on this one, but we hope that you will continue to join us on this journey. We will be praying for you. We will be believing for you. We will be encouraging. Please leave us messages. Leave us comments. Share with us what's on your heart. How can we be praying for you? That is super important. Yes, you come to listen to us talk on this podcast, but we don't want to just at you part of building this community is please talk to us. And yes, we want to hear from you. Don't be shy. We genuinely mean it when we say we want to pray for you and with you and walk and do life and do community with you. And so just please continue to join us and let us be a part of your in-between and be a part of our in-between as well. But in the meantime, let the reconciliation begin. Thanks so much for listening today. Want to stay up to date with our episodes? Then subscribe to our podcast and newsletter on our website, come-union.com. Follow us on Instagram at come.union. Rather watch our podcast? Then subscribe to our YouTube channel at come underscore union. We are so glad you're a part of this community.